Hey guys, I'm Megan. I'm Dana. And welcome back to Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister. Barely. Hi, Megan. Hi, Dana. I know May was a little hectic with birthday, graduations. We took a time, like, I literally, like, left the country, not the country, the date, not the country. Dear Lord, I wish. But we're back, you know? We're here. We're kicking it. It's true. Only for two more episodes, though. That's right. reminder, next week will be the final season, like, will be the season finale of season one but we'll be back um for season two yeah we'll give you more information next week about it but you know today is not that day today is our june campfire episode which if you're just joining us hi how are you thank you but our campfire episodes are an episode that airs the first sunday of every month where unlike our normal episodes one sister chooses a topic and we both find accounts about it, first-hand accounts on it, like Reddit stories or videos of people experiencing said topic. And we share with one another. And you guys, listeners, it's very fun. Yes. So this right. week we have, I got to pick the topic and I chose creepy encounters. And I told Dana it could be, you know, regular real life real encounters or like something a little bit more paranormal. It can be any sort of creepy encounter. Yeah, I liked it. It was very. It was a broader subject. I think it's nice for like you know the season finale, the the not the but for the last campfire of the season. And I like the broad, the broad options because I definitely have a mix of choices with my encounters as well. I have yeah. some creepy people and some creepy. Who knows. I know, I know. Yeah. Have you had a good week so far, Dean? It I have. I have. I have had a good week. This is like Abby had the whole month of May. Ferris, leave the tissue box alone. So Ferris is her child, her dog he's on child. The bed and he, he's, he noticed that he was laying on a tissue box and he was like, oh, I can destroy this. I can see him, but he stopped. No, I'm so good. sorry. Sorry, I just jumped right into how your week was. I haven't spoken to you all week. I know. I was, I was going to talk about, I, I realized we, I talked about the campfire topic thing, but normally we talk to each other and it's been a crazy week for both of us. It was Abby's last week at home, like full time before she goes back to her work full time. And so Wednesday, we were really like hanging out by the pool at our, ho- at our hotel. Jeez Louise. We were able to hang out at the pool at our apartment, which was opened up. More the weekend, and it was really nice. The pool isn't heated, oh. so it is rigid when you first get in. When you say frigid, like what's frigid? Like we have springs here, and it never gets over like what seventy two. Yeah, it's probably akin to that temperature. I don't know what the actual temperature is, but it feels like that. That like that, that icy cold, but you get yeah. used to it after a while. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I swam some laps, but once you get out and you're in the hot, hot sun, you're not going back in. But it was good. A good week, busy week. The, so I took care of three kids. And the middle one, 
the younger the younger two are twins and the middle one the older twin she is what we refer to lovingly as a wrecking ball and since like day one she's always been the wrecking ball just like spins around with her eyes closed just and then like this this week twice she's gotten injuries with her mouth oh no tuesday her younger sister was bending over and she was like kind of like walking by and when her sister stood up she like her head went into her chin and she bit her tongue badly and so like sobbing mouth full of like blood and was like sobbing (laughs) with me and i was like here's an i here's a here's like an ice pop here's a popsicle and i was like it's okay it's okay end of the day i can have ice pop and blood dripping on me. We're fine as long as you're okay. <laughs> and then yesterday, the older sister, the oldest one, is running around the couch. And the little one is walking this way. But they just collide like boom. Just like face to face, whatever. And the middle one again busts open her lip. I can't tell. She's sobbing. And I'm like, there's blood filling your mouth again, holding her over the sink. I need to see what it is. Is it your tooth? Is it your tongue? Is it, What is it? She has a little fat lip. Oh, how cute and but sad. So cute. But so that was fun. I was like, you know what? I've only worked three days this week because Monday was Memorial Day, two of which you've been bloody. I would love that to be the end of that. Right, right. I just took a deep breath because mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, wow. I've been I've been nannying all week alone because they've been out of town. So it's it's just been me and the little guy. And I my anxiety is like through the roof. Yeah. So. Like, I I don't know, I was just thinking to myself, oh, thank God, you know, when they're away, I just feel like this immense anxiety that I don't usually have when they're here, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like this extra sense of protection that I need to there's, there's a life fulfill. in your hands. Well, that's a lot right, right. So anyways, but that's, yeah, that's the way it's been this week. Actually, yeah, my anxiety's been mm-hmm. so ramped up to the point where like, I'm just thinking to myself, oh my God, I wish he could just wear a helmet with knee pads and elbow pads all week. <laughs> but, you know, that wouldn't be normal. You know, put him in a bubble? Uh, He'll be a bubble boy? sometimes I want to you know just to keep him safe but because of all of this my sleep hasn't been the best oh my god and please tell everyone about yes yeah so the other night I it's my sleep has been just off you know I'm anxious and wired and it's hard for me to actually fall asleep except for Tuesday past Tuesday because on Tuesday night I was like zombie tired I fell asleep and I slept really hard until I started talking out loud in my sleep, which I don't do. So I'm like talking out loud in my sleep. Did it once. I wake up and I go back to sleep. I do it again. I wake up because I'm talking again. Then I fall back to sleep and I'm dreaming about something and I'm like in the store and one of these workers comes up to me. And they're like talking just in general, like I think to another worker and she mentions this guy's name. And I'm like, wait a second, what, who? And she's like, this person, it's a customer. They left like this bag of miscellaneous items behind. And I'm like, oh, that's my ex-husband. 
I can give it to him. And so she hands me the bag. And just so you guys know, my dreams are so vivid and I do remember a lot of them. I'm not just like making up a random story. And so I take this bag, bring it home with me. My ex ends up coming over. Don't know how I got his number because we haven't spoken in like over 10 years. Yeah. But he comes over to my house. All of my friends and family are there. I return his items. And meanwhile, he brings this woman with him who I realize is his girlfriend. So I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then somebody I'm with is like, oh, that woman is a woman he was cheating on you with when you guys were married. And I'm like, what? And this is news to me. So I'm like a little taken aback. And she was being really nasty towards me. So I was just feeling kind of off. But finally, they left. And because they left, everybody that I was with began to celebrate. (laughs) And specifically, there was this group of gay men who began to form a cheerleading pyramid. You know, like those pyramids that you see? I know exactly what you're talking about. This is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. So these guys are forming this pyramid. And finally, they complete the formation. And I'm so excited for them that I just begin to celebrate and I yell woohoo and I literally yelled this woohoo out loud while I'm sleeping I yelled it so loud that I woke myself up I was scared and I was afraid that I had woken the child up that I'm taking care of how old is he again too how old is he again he's not two he's nine he's nine but if he heard somebody screaming at like three o'clock in the morning woohoo I don't he's think he's a very sensitive soul. He would not have done well. Yeah. And then I realized the reason I was having these like weird dreams mm-hmm. and I'm talking in my sleep is because I had forgotten to take my anxiety medication. And when you skip a day on this medication, you have like the most weirdest stressful dreams and night sweats. And it's just strange. But oh, also, this is a nice little segue that for you listeners out there who might not know, nothing scary. But scary to scary to not know this, but during the hot weather seasons, if you're taking some antidepressants like sertraline, citalopram, duloxetine, fluoxetine, or like mirtzapine or any other SNRI or SSRI, you are more prone to overheating and dehydration. So yeah, I did not know that. And last summer... I was on this exercise kick where I would walk like miles every morning and I was wondering why I felt like I was about to die halfway during like through my walk. I'm like, I feel like I'm about to like faint and die. And Ray's like, you're not drinking enough water. And I'm like, I am drinking enough water. No, you're not. I think it's because of my, he didn't yell at me like that. I know he would never do that. He's probably like, you're drinking enough water. And you're like, yes, I am. He's like, yes. Yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah, so there you guys go. Sleep talking, uh, bloody mouth babes, and exes in our, exes in our dreams. Yes. Sorry. What happened? Did you worry? I just had like a weird Charlie horse. <laughs> also, everyone, I have you know that we're recording this really late. So we normally record either like early in the morning or at like seven at night. Like we don't really record late, late. No, we always said we would record late, late when we first started, but we are both grandmas. We're yes. recording after eleven, and that's pretty late for us. Yeah, given the weeks we've had, 
Exactly. So. I'm still working. So if I sound like a little whispery, that's why. Because I'm afraid. Late of- night call. You're one yeah. with Delilah. <laughs> but yeah, here we go. Close Encounters of the Delilah Kind is what we're talking about today. And Megan, would you like to take us away with your first story? I sure would. All right. This first story is called, well, I'm not going to tell you the title. I'll just get on with it. I'd love to ride my bike along country roads. Not far from where I live is a tiny town called Three Oaks in Michigan. One Saturday, my wife was working and I had nothing to do. So I strapped my bike to my car and I drove the hour to Three Oaks. I parked in the scenic downtown area and then rode out of the town and into the surrounding countryside. As I wound my way further into the remote countryside, houses and businesses, cars and cars grew increasingly scarce. Hold on just one second, Dane. You're fine. Eventually, there were only an occasional house or two every half mile or mile and cornfields and small woods flanking the dirt and gravel roads that I pedaled down. It's on one of these back roads that a minivan drove past me. Within moments of its passing, it turned around and pulled up alongside of me. I looked over and the passenger was a woman in about her mid to late 20s. She was looking over at me with her window down. The driver, a man of seemingly the same age, leaned over the passenger and said, to me, in a slight southern drawl, and with a big smile on his face, Mm-mm. Hey, do you know David Christ? I thought for a brief second, but I don't know any David Christ. So I said, No. The driver said, You don't know of him at all? I said that I didn't and apologized. And then I pedaled on. The van sat for a moment longer than and then pulled a U-turn and drove off in the direction it was originally heading. I thought nothing of the encounter. Maybe the driver was a friend of David Christ and he thought he had met the, and he thought we had met through David or something. I don't know. At the time, I didn't think I had anything to worry about. I continued on my ride, turning down this road and heading north, and then turning down that road and heading east. I didn't have any agenda. I was just out to enjoy the summer day and meander through the relaxing countryside. Yeah, the bike agenda. Right. (laughs) Maybe about 10 minutes later and on an entirely new road and heading an entirely different direction from the one I had first met the van, I saw the van again. We were heading toward each other and I gave a smile and a nod as I passed the driver. I remember thinking it was an odd coincidence that I should come across his van again. The driver stared as he passed and he could, and he had a big smile on his face. At this point, I began wondering what they were doing. They might be lost and looking for this David Chris guy, or maybe they're just enjoying a scenic drive and thought I looked like a friend of a friend or something. I didn't know. But at this point, I was staring, I was starting to think about the situation a little more critically. I continued taking a twisting, turning, meandering path. Taking this road and then turning onto that, heading north, south, west, east. 
Then I came across the van again. Again, they're heading in my direction. And I pulled alongside them. The driver rolled down his window and leaned out. He was a late 20s man with a few inches of a goatee and a baseball cap. He had a large smile plastered across his face again. I stopped my bike and looked at him, waiting for him to say something. And he just looked at me for a good 30 seconds. Now, 30 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but you go flag down a stranger and then just look at them for 30 seconds and you'll realize that in that kind of situation, 30 seconds is a lifetime. Finally, he spoke and said, Hey, do you know David Christ? No. Same damn question. This time, there was no smile on his face. He <laughs> stared at me. And I was thinking to myself, is he joking? Does he really not remember he asked me the same question 20 minutes ago? Is he just being funny? Is he high? After a moment, I told him that I still didn't know anyone by the name of David Christ. And I pedaled off down the road. It's at that time that I realized exactly in how remote of an area I was. I peered down the road I was on and I didn't see a house on its entire length. I was flanked by a cornfield on one side and a forest on the other. A literal thing of nightmares. Yes. I looked over my shoulder and I saw the van slowly driving down the road away from me. It couldn't be a coincidence that the van came across. It couldn't be a coincidence that I came across this van three times now. Not with me taking random roads heading different directions. It made no sense why anyone driving would take the same maze of roads. The only thing they could have been doing was just driving around. Maybe a pleasure drive, but why would they stop to ask me the same question twice? It was quite strange, and I was beginning to become a little concerned. I decided to begin to head back toward the town center. I pedaled hard, and the gravel road ahead of me continued with a bend to the right and a dirt path where it couldn't really be called a road to the left. As I neared the fork, who should come around the bend but the damned van? The hell up. I hate this. I gripped my pocket knife, which I always take with me on rides like this, just in case, and then realized all I would have to do is run me down with the van, and I would be... (laughs) Ah, yes. Me and my little aluminum bike and my pocket knife. Come at me, van. Right. As the van drew closer, I was ready to jump off and run into the cornfields. The van slowed down as it approached me, and the driver rolled down his window. He rolled it down, leaned out again, but this time I didn't stop riding. I increased my speed. Even though I knew I could never outrun the van if they gave chase, I looked over my shoulder and saw the van sitting in the middle of the road. I took the right fork and continued on the gravel road until I could no longer see the van behind the cornrows and then stopped. I got off my bike and I crept along the cornfield until I was at its edge and I peeked down the road I had just been on. The van was in the distance driving away from me. I ran back to my bike and then as soon as the van was entirely out of sight, I turned around and took the left fork along the dirt path. 
I rode as fast as I could, knowing that if people in the van had nefarious things in mind, and if they caught me on this dirt path, flanked by cornfields, and far from an area that anyone would come across us, that would be the time they attacked. My ruse worked, or perhaps the van was never after me at all, and I made it the rest of the way to the town center without seeing them again. When I got home later that day, I was still replaying the events in my head and the name David Christ. I kept creeping through, it kept creeping through my mind. Was David Christ someone famous, I wondered, like a musician? Should I have known David Christ? I decided to Google the name. I tried a couple of different spellings for Christ, but it was the Christ spelling, C-R-I-S-T, that revealed a terrifying result. I came across a newspaper article from Knoxville, Tennessee. The article explained how a man named David Christ had turned himself in after stabbing another man at a gas station in 2013. The article included a photo of this criminal David Christ, and I believe it was the same man that I saw driving the van. Add a baseball cap and a few inches of a goatee, and the man in the van was a dead ringer for David Christ. I did an inmate search at the Knox County Prison, and there was no David Chris in the inmate population. Somehow David Christ had gotten out of prison, or maybe he was never convicted, as I couldn't find any articles about the sentencing. In less than two years after stabbing a guy, and for some reason, he had made his way to Michigan. Why was he driving along these back roads? Who was the woman in the passenger seat? And why the hell did he keep asking if I knew him? Do I know David Chris? Yes, I do know. I hated that. I got it. Did like, it was, I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay, I kept being like, maybe he's so he's trying to say like, like my brain was like anarchist, anti Christ, <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm trying to think of like the slow Southern drawl aspect, which makes sense with the Knoxville, yeah, Tennessee. they're Michigan, you know. So it's like yeah. social and dolls out of place. But no, that gave me like such a like an unsettling feeling. I know. Which is much like my my story I have for you today. Do tell. So about 20 something years ago, over 20 years ago, my husband at the time and I decided to go camping on the Indian Reservation in Arizona. We took our two dogs and drove on dirt roads for miles. We passed one car on the drive in. We were literally isolated and miles from any town. We arrived just before dark and dust was settling in and I, we found a place just off the road in the trees. I should ask, add that both my ex and I were seasoned campers and normally very confident. We started getting camp set up and both dogs started acting strange and were growling towards the bushes and trees to the west. Yet... They weren't going to investigate like they normally do. I felt the hair. I felt the hair stand up, up on the back of my neck. Never have I felt the urgency to get out and get out fast. We were alone in the middle of nowhere and completely vulnerable. We both decided to, wait, I'm sorry. <clears throat> we both decided at the same time we needed to leave ASAP. It was now getting almost completely dark. And I was afraid at any moment someone was going to come out of the trees. We threw everything into the back of the truck. And I was literally shaking by the time we left. I didn't feel safe until we were miles down the road. Such an eerie feeling. We drove all the way home that night. We both felt we avoided something majorly dangerous that night. If we would have camped out there. 
I believe someone was out there watching and waiting for us to get in the tent and fall asleep. Never had anything like that happen before or since. No, thank you. There's something about camping that you feel so vulnerable. Like you're in a tent, so you do have technically four walls, but they're like as thin as tissue paper. Yes. It's like hello scary it's like it's yeah no i even if this one is an actual encounter it's like escaping an encounter this one chilled me because abby and i just came back from memorial day weekend we went to we did some glamping on a houseboat on the hudson river and we left after my work on wednesday night and i don't get off work till 6 30 p.m so we drove like two and a half hours in the dark and yeah it's a mile down this like desolate dirt road. We're in the backwoods of like New York. And it was creepy because it's pitch black. We yeah. don't know where we're going. We've never been to this place before. A mile on this dirt road. And it, you have to park like on the road with her. This thing we got to find where our spot was. You see the like the river's there. It's a big mm-hmm. embankment. So you can't see which like, there's no lights. We found it. And of course, obviously, it's a houseboat. It's, like, permanently docked, but the dock moves when you step on it. And I'm like, just get us in. Ferris, we went with our dog, too. He was freaking out because he didn't know where we were, what we were doing. But oh. Abby and I were the before we got there. But then, then we were fine. It was fantastic. But that first night, arriving at night, like, yes. With, yeah. Arriving There's, anywhere at night is eerie. <laughs> especially <laughs> arriving anywhere you don't know at night. Arriving to someplace over water. Yeah. Over water with the woods, a mud on this dirt road with like zero reception. Who are we going to call? No one. Exactly. Like, so I was like, and then the code wouldn't work for first the door. And I was like, ah, this is but no, it was lovely. It was a fantastic experience. But this reminded me of that. And I was like, I told Abby that night, I said, if we ever go camping again or something like that, we need to go, at least with Ferris, in the daytime. Or maybe it's yeah. fine if you're if you're on land, but the boat because everything moved, you know. He was yeah. Happening, and I was like, I don't know, we're gonna get married. Uh, but because like the thing is, like he is, he has anxiety, and he's like stranger wary. And the next day, we found there's like two guys camping on the site, like two sites down from where we were. And Abby was like, I'm kind of glad we have him because like he didn't yeah. buy, but they came by. They came, like, not by us, but they came, like, the, the main road. They, like, rode their bikes by the first. like, who are you? And, like, barked just once. But I was like, he didn't really bark that much, but, like, at all. But he barked once. I was like, oh, thank goodness. He, like, like we're like, that's fine, you know. Just be like, I'm Yeah, here. that's good. It's um, a warning. But these dogs, they reacted, but they didn't go towards it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, we said the other one, dogs know stuff. Exactly. Well, I have a camping story as well. Believe me, not. That's my next one. And I'll start it now. Mm -hmm. I was a chaperone for a Girl Scout camping trip when I was 16. The kids were about five through nine years old. I had a cabin with six kids I was in charge of at night and helped out during the day. Night one. One of my kids had a bit of a developmental issue. I woke up to her leaving the cabin. Mm. I chase after her thinking she's going to the latrine, but she's sleepwalking. Oh, no. 
I'm out in the dark, barefoot, trying to coax this kid back inside when I hear something big outside in the woods. I grab the kid and she starts screaming like an infant and goes stiff. I carry her back inside. Everyone in my cabin is awake. I don't sleep the rest of the night. Day two. Sleepwalker is moving to another cabin. That afternoon, when I'm working with the kids back in the latrine, I'm sorry, not working. I'm working with them in the latrine. What's happening there? When I'm We're working on painting the toilets because what six year olds want to paint a porcelain throne? When I'm walking the kids back from the latrine, Sleepwalker and another kid sneak away from the group. I realize they are gone. I go get help, find kids, find the kids 15 minutes later. Back at camp, they start telling scary stories about their sneaking away, saying it was the kitty cow who lives in the woods. The what? Cat, like cat? Yeah. Kitty? Kitty cow. Cool, so I thought. Night two. Wake up and it's gotten cold. Get up to close the window and shutters and see a light in the woods, like someone has a lantern. It walks to a point in the woods and then stops. I stay still in the dark and watch it for a long time, about to shrug it off when the light moves again, coming around and going down the side of the cabin, Mm. closer, closer but not close enough to see who is carrying it. I realize it's heading to the window by the kids' bunk beds. Sneak over and close the window and shutters. The light stays close on the other side of the shutters for a long time before moving on and disappearing. Day three. Tell adults about light. They dismiss it as probably it's a ranger checking on the campsite. Kids by this time are totally freaking out and telling each other about kitty cow. Kitty cow, I hate that. Literally starting to be afraid to leave the craft area in broad daylight because kitty cow might be there. There's all sorts of weird kitty cow stories. That afternoon, we find out a bear broke into another camp and ate food. So in addition to a real threat, we think that there may be that that may be the origin of kitty cow. Plus, it would make sense that there would be rangers out looking for this bear on the loose. Night three. I stay up listening to music to see if the lights will come back on. About 1 a.m., I see it coming by again. Again, walking to the point in the woods and waiting. Around 1.30, it starts closer to the cabins, as if it's walking around the side. I hear one of the other chaperones start to yell, Hey, who is that? Who's out there? And the lights cut off. (laughs) I yell back to the chaperone that I saw it too. What should we do? I'm terrified at this point. The chaperone tells me to bring my kids over to her, holding hands. We all ram into one cabin, and a bit later, a thunderstorm starts. For another night, I basically don't sleep. The next day, Everyone sort of laughs it off again. Sort of saying, <laughs> kitty cow. <laughs> kitty cow. They laugh it off. Sort of saying we weren't seeing anything. That maybe it was just like heat lightning. Or oh. the kids were playing with flashlights. Oh, okay. And we saw. 
and we saw them reflected. Mm. I'm so sleep deprived. It hurts. And I'm hearing popping noises. I end up being paired. I'm, I'm wondering what the popping noises were because I've never heard of that. That scares me. What? That scares me. I ended up being paired with another chaperone. Being paired with another chaperone. And we go for a hike with the kids. It's all foggy in the woods. And the kids are really strung out between the excitement of the night before, which they blame on Kitty Cow. <laughs> wondering why the hell I picked this, by the way. I love this so much. I love Kitty Cow. Out in the woods, the kids start claiming they are seeing Kitty Cow everywhere, sneaking up on us. I can't tell you now how weird and terrifying things got then. You had this silent hill fog. All oh, the no, girls I hate that. Mm-hmm. All the girls are wearing matching ponchos, so the scene was surreal. The kids are freaking out over every tree, screaming, "Kitty Cow is coming to get them!" And I'm barely held together on no sleep. I'm sorry, I had a mouthful of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and can you know, gotcha. I can't spit at the thing that I'm over the thing at all. Kitty cow. Oh my, oh my god. Continue on. Oops, sorry. The kids are freaking out over every tree, screaming, Kitty cow is coming to get them. And I'm barely held together on no sleep, convinced myself that some weirdo has been creeping around our camp. Things literally devolve into a mass hysteria. The kids are literally falling to the ground, screaming and sobbing. And the other chaperone leaves. She just books it out of the forest back to camp while I'm coaxing, pulling, and carrying screaming children out of the mist. Oh, well, that chaperone needs to be disbarred. <laughs> it got the kids almost back to camp when the other chaperones came rushing out. The chaperone who left claimed she saw a bear and ran for her life and didn't leave any kids behind. But she did, you know? I have never and will never experience anything as creepy and terrifying as that afternoon in the woods. While nothing happened, it's haunted my dreams ever since then. Kitty cow. Kitty cow. <laughs> no, I love that so much. Uh, that would be terrifying. And people are like, no. I'm like, she she literally saw the light two days in a row. It's like, you can't tell me and that also, it's heat lightning. Yeah, and yeah, heat lightning doesn't stay in one spot for like 30 minutes. It doesn't go well, the same path again. Right. And it doesn't you just know, But do you know what does? Kitty cow. Kitty cow. Kitty cow does. Kitty, kitty cow does what kitty cow wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. hate kitty cow. Also... I also want to know, I hope that, I, I'm i glad the little girl from the sleepwalking part was found before Kitty Cow, or who really was Kitty Cow, found her, because that would have been a different story. Oh, yeah, that would have been so scary. Yeah. Woo. Okay, here is my, I'm, I'm jumping around with mine, so, so here we go. With this one. It's a short one. I'll do a short one first. I've written about this on Reddit before, but when I was about eight, I was deep in the woods at my uncle's house. The parents went out and the five kids, ages four to 14, stayed home. Also, side note, back to your story, five to nine-year-olds in the woods, 
Sounds like I hell. cannot imagine a, f- a nine nine year old fine. Fine. Five? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like the oldest in my care is four. And I'm like, a five year old? No. Just in the woods with people? Abby's like five year olds. No. Not alone, but like Girl Scout camp. And I think there's a kitty cow out there who's scary. <laughs> kitty cow is out there. It's not kitty a cow's out there. Kitty cow, kitty cow lives in your heart. See, you and know, that was one monster we have not covered yet on this I know. show. I'm just cow. surprised. There's- Our season finale will be the, the, the in-depth news breaking of the new cryptid kitty cow. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. I was thinking about that because kids are ages 4 to 14. And the writer, he was 8. Or they were 8. It says, I was 8. I was deep in the woods at my uncle's house. The parents went out and the five kids, ages 4 to 14, stayed home. We were playing hide-and-seek in the house with no lights on. There weren't any street lights or anything, so you couldn't see anything at all. Sounds like something you guys have done. Oh, my God. I'll just get it myself. I literally in my head said, love it. And I said, hate it. The base was in the living room, and I hid in the living room so I could quickly get to base. It's me. My brother, who was 11, was it. He was doing his countdown, and I was hiding just a couple of feet from him when a lightning strike drew our attention to the window. We were both shocked to see the outline of a man at the window trying to see in. What? Literally my nightmare. We, We started whispering, and on the next lightning strike, the guy was starting to walk to the front door. My brother quickly ran to lock the front door. And so the person said, I know, I know, but it was a different time and place. Like, the door was unlocked already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And he got there right before the guy started shaking the handle. Ben started flipping on the lights, presumably so the guy would know people were home and he'd leave. And he yelled for me to lock the other doors. I ran and locked the kitchen door and the sliding glass door at the back of the house. As I was locking that door... The guy was suddenly there, no. standing on the other side of the glass. I was frozen, but Ben calmly told me to close the curtain, and I focused on his voice and did what he said. My uncle has guns, but his son was gone on a hunting trip, so all we could do was find a BB gun that looked like a real-life gun. Ben stepped out in the porch with a why, Ben, to try to make the guy believe we were armed. They constantly had phone issues. This is going way back. They had a party line. at well, I'm sorry, but they at one point had a party line. Oh. And we couldn't get the phone to work to make the call. We were trying to call someone on my uncle's CD radio, but weren't getting anyone. Eventually, an older cousin, who was only like 15 himself, showed up. And we thought, okay, an adult's here. We've been saved. That calmed us down, and we went back to normal, I guess. I'm not sure I've ever had a creepier moment. Then looking up at the window and seeing someone on the other side, though. Yeah, you scared me so much. I have to get up right now and set the alarm because I'm so afraid. I get that. They have they have a gla- a lot of glass, and I'm always afraid of like seeing somebody standing there. And it's literally my me. nightmare. Megan, you got what? Me. So go tell me because I'm going to lock. Okay, I'll tell you this one last thing. It's terrifying. I was watching a TikTok before I got Abby, and it was like someone's like nest camera on the outside. They apparently had this person that, like, 
creeps on their property a lot. And they were gone one time and you can't see them, but you hear under it on the camera that picked up. And no, I said, fuck no, fuck no. Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually, fuck I no. said, that's enough of that. And I was like, and I said, Alexa, put on bones. <laughs> oh, God. No. no. I have to take music off. <laughs> Alexa, music off. That is so funny. No, that's terrifying. I'll be right back. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go to the video, Abby. It was terrifying. It was so, I was so scared. I said, Abby, not only that, but there's a video of a person walking by with like a mask on it. Okay. I'm back. We're safe. I told Abby that there was more videos of that same person, the same like other creepy person on their on their property and i said there's one where they're walking by the outhouse with a mask on and they're like now i said you want to see i said no no i do not i said you're in love i didn't like it so is it a kid is it a kid oh not a kid okay because i saw one where it's a kid that comes to their door and she's really bizarre and i i was watching a couple of videos it's the same thing like on a ring camera acting really strange and asking them to let them in. And I do not get scared that easily when it comes to like those kind of videos. I was so scared. Found out later, it's all like, they they make it up. But man, they did a great job. Okay, I'm going to go on to the next one. Until a few years ago, I still had a flip phone. One day, I got a random call asking for some girl named Sarah. I told them they had the wrong number and they hung up. For the first few months, I would get these calls asking for Sarah about once or twice a week, coming from different numbers and different sounding people. Sometimes these calls came at three in the morning. No. One day, I got a call and like usual, I said, I didn't know Sarah. After they hung up, I went to my contacts and hit redial. The answering machine said that the number did not exist. I went back through my call history, trying to call some of the other people that had called me with the same result. A machine telling me that the number did not exist. Every time I would get these calls, I would redial the number and still got the machine. I googled the numbers, but all I learned was that they were coming from North Dakota, Montana, basically everywhere in the Midwest. The next time I got a call asking for Sarah, I said, oh yeah, she's right here. And the other person on the other end said, no, she isn't, and hung up. Things started getting weird when I started getting calls from unknown numbers calling me. Whoever or whatever was on the other end hung up the second I said hello. Once I got a call where they didn't hang up after I said hello, and I could hear someone was on the other end just listening, but they didn't say anything. Just something really uneasy about it. That one scares me so much, Dana. I don't want to call. Like I that. Want, well, okay, I'll make that one feel better for you. There are like apps and other things you can use where they randomize numbers and stuff like that. So, you know, that's fine. That's fine. I understand that. And I agree. I like, I think that they probably did randomize numbers, mm-hmm. but why were so many people with different 
I just, are you not afraid of somebody calling you and asking you for somebody all the time? No. But also, I used to pick up the phone all the time for people I didn't know. And now I don't. Okay. But like when they said to this person. It was that, no, she's not. I said, oh, I think it probably was just someone trying to play with them. Like trying to trick them and be scary. I don't think that one was sinister. I don't think you need to be scared of that one. I am. It's not kitty cow. I don't want somebody to do that to me. I'm surprised. That's my answer to you. Please don't. I won't. Here's mine. This is a little like lighter. Okay. Good. I'm sure there's got to be something I'm missing here. But anyway, when I just started recently learning, mm, mm, when I just recently learned how to drive, I pick up my friends and we go driving around all the really remote back roads in rural Ireland, stopping off at anything interesting we saw. There were a lot of abandoned cottages, farmhouses, and lanes that ran single track into the woods and all that fun stuff. We drive around, try to freak one another out, the usual. One night, it was just me and one of my other friends, Connor. We were on one of the narrow single track roads with thick trees on one side and increasingly steep rock wall on the other. The road got narrower, and as I turned the corner, we came suddenly face to face with this huge structure. Don't worry. <laughs> it looked like one of those old water viaducts or an arched railway bridge, but it was very tall and narrow. I suppose it could have been a viaduct, but it definitely wasn't a railway bridge. It was an unexpected and pretty cool sight and a little spooky coming out of nowhere in the dark like that. But we drove under one of the arches with no incident. After about 10 minutes driving along, we came across it again. This time, it came slowly out of the darkness ahead of us. We didn't turn the same corner. All right. I suppose I'd turned a gradual corner or something without realizing it. She made some jokes about it being cursed or whatever and drove under it again. So then we came across it again. <gasps> Another few minutes after of driving. It was definitely the same one each time. Now we're thinking, this is a bit weird, but whatever. Maybe the road spirals or something? I don't know. Under it we go again, and I'm sure you can guess what happened a few minutes later. All in all, we probably drove under that same arch arch eight or nine times. We were getting gradually more and more freaked out because there's no other turns off the road, and we were sure that the landscape would not be able to support a road that winds around so intensely. We've actually looked for corners, gradual turns, ways to turn off the road, and found nothing. Finally, when we came across the arch again, I put the car in reverse and backed up down the same road. Suddenly, there was only a gradual turn or two, and then way sooner than I should have, I backed out onto the main road we initially turned off of. Aside from those gradual turns, it was practically a straight road. Because we're idiots, the next week we went back to show some of our other friends. Despite hours of driving and being convinced that we were on the same road, we didn't find those arches. I also haven't found them on anything like Google Maps. I'm sure I somehow got turned around or something, but it was so weird. That is really strange. Again and again. So strange. That is bizarre. Yeah. Okay, Dana, I have like three more. Do you want me to do all three? Yeah, I have one, two more, but they're long, so it works out well. Okay. 
All right. Back in 2005, I was in a van that toured the country in a 15-passenger van with a trailer. We were on the way from Columbus, Ohio to Erie, Pennsylvania. The show had been canceled in Ohio due to a power outage, so we decided to get on the road early, as we had friends in Erie who were taking us in for the night. I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. We were all having a conversation. There were eight of us total in the van. And when the driver and passenger both shouted simultaneously, what was that? I'm getting goosebumps on my arm just thinking about it now, just remembering the event. I was sitting behind the driver with my back against the window and I didn't see anything, but we heard a whooshing sound as if something flew right over our van. My friend who was sitting next to me looked like he had just seen a ghost. We wound up pulling over on the side of the road because everyone was freaking out, thinking we hit something, but nothing was found. Both the passenger and the driver said that they saw a tall black figure lunge at the van from the shoulder of the left Mm. lane. My friend who was sitting next to me said she saw the same thing. The next day, we inspected the van in daylight and noticed there were streak marks across the roof of the van. It was the mountain man. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. The mountain man. What you got? Fear. That's what I have. Fear. Oh, I'm sorry. I have the microphone. I the camera. Okay. My last two are longer. So buckle in, buttercup. Here we go. Happened a while ago, but I still remember it clearly. I was hunting in northern woods of Wisconsin when I was 15 years old. It was my first time going out and also my first time I was left alone with a gun. So being a teenager, I was pretty excited. Yeah. We woke at 5.30 and left before the sun rose above the horizon. Arriving on the trail, I walked to my ground stand along alongside my brother, cousin, and father. Plus. Yeah? Why'd you say? Yeah. Oh, I hate guns. <laughs> oh, okay. He's a teenager with guns. So I was like, eh. Like, okay. The okay. excitement aspect. So I was like, meh. My stands were all aligned in a distant row, separated by a few hundred feet. Do you know what, like, hunting stands are? Yes, I do. Those are not, they're like little, almost like bare bones. Watchtowers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so they're all separated, just like far enough away, but close enough, you know. The stands ran, I'm sorry. Our stands were aligned in a distant row, separated by a few hundred feet. Located on the edge of an old logging road, the stands were easy to find. The stands ran perpendicular to the logging road, forming a straight line across the top of a hill in a dense forest. This was the real wilderness hunting land. My stand was the closest to the logging road, so upon our arrival, my father helped me settle in before continuing through the dark forest with my brother and cousin. I got situated and he went on his way. I watched the light on his headlamp disappear into the trees and I waited for the sun to rise before loading my gun, as the season doesn't start until the sun comes up. Checking my watch, I saw it was about 6.15 a.m., so I had some time to kill. Not literally. I decided to spend (laughs) the next hour or so catching up on the sleep I missed the previous night. When I woke, it was because a cold gust of wind had knocked snow into my lap i jolted awake immediately and checked my watch 9 30 a.m fuck i overslept and god knows how many deer i could have missed after sulking in my stand i felt pressure in my bladder and a need to relieve myself 
I picked up my gun, chambered it, and walked backward behind the stand some 150 feet or so to make sure there'd be no scent for my deer to pick up on. The deer to pick up on. I opened my zipper and looked around and did my business. In the dense white tree line, I noticed, noticed three men in blaze orange gathered together in a triangle. They all seemed to be talking with one another. At first, I thought it might be my brother, father, and cousin. However, this was very weird. Very weird. We have been the only family to hunt this land in the past 50 years. Once I finished, I picked up my gun and unloaded it before using the scope to sight out the group of people. I wasn't hallucinating. It was three men huddled together, guns slung on their shoulders. I made sure to take a good long look at every feature I could pick up on. One man wore a thick, fuzzy hat that was all orange. Another man wore a stereotypical lumberjack beard. The final man wore wireframe avi aviators, much like Dwight Schrute. As I panned back across the group, the man with the wireframe glasses looked back at me through the scope. I caught their attention and feared, and fearing them to be game wardens, I dropped the scope from my eye. My heart rate hit the roof, and I began fumbling with the magazine I had unloaded. While scrambling to fit the magazine into the gun, I managed to drop the glove in the, my glove in the snow. I bent down to pick it up, and once I looked up, men were gone. Having realized my mistake I had made by pointing my gun at what could be DNR agents, I wanted to find them and explain the situation. I continued, I continued through the dense trees and saw the spot where the men were standing. Arriving at this point, I examined the snow, which was undisturbed. There was no footprints. My heart rate quickened, and I stopped to look around to see if I could see any orange through the brush. There was nothing around me. I was alone with the trees and the snow. I abandoned my search and returned to my stand, anxiously waiting the end of the day so I could report to my father what I had seen. Abby, you scared the ever-loving piss out of me. Came from the darkness. <laughs> that was so scary. I'm not done. I'm not done. Once we made it back to our cabin, I berated him with questions. Were we the only people to hunt up here, right? Did you, did you, my brother and my cousin, stay in your stands all day? And of course, did you see anyone walking around, you guys? Because I did. My dad thought I was lying to him as it was nearly impossible that other people had begun to hunt on this remote land. It felt like I was in one of those horror movies where the main character tries telling the others of the danger, yet no one would listen. My father eventually talked me down, and I relaxed, convincing myself it was a group of new guys who were testing the land. Before I fell asleep that night, I began to examine the pictures beside my bed. What I saw there turned me as pale as the sheet that covered me. Three men, three different pictures. The fourth, with 1969 written on the back, contained all three of them. They were posed around a giant buck that had bled out in the snow. One man wore a thick, fuzzy orange hat the other man had long dark haired beer and the third man wore wireframe glasses i sprang on my bed with a picture and confronted my father who are these guys dad i asked oh you wouldn't know them he replied turning his attention to the card game in front of him those are the fellas that built this cabin back in 46 after the war i felt it had gotten much colder after he said that but i pressed on who's this guy I asked, pointing to the man with the wireframe glasses. 
grandpa, my dad said. My grandpa had been dead for years, ever since I was nine. In fact, all of them have been dead for years. I will never forget the look that my grandpa gave me through that scope. He seemed angry with me based on the way his brow was furrowed. I will never forget that day. Oh, that is so creepy. Yep. So she's like looking through the scope. Like, I don't like, how do you like realize someone's looking through a scope at you and look back at the scope? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but that scares me. All right. The next one I have is called Open the Door, No One There. No. Lock the door. Only me inside. The show reminds me of Open the, what is it? See the church with all the people. Open the door. Here's the church and here's the steeple. Open the door and hear, see all the people. Close the door and hear them pray. Open the door. They all run away. Yeah, that one. When I was in high school, I worked as a courtesy clerk at Albertsons. At Albertsons. Albertsons. People, at Albertsons. I was like, courtesy Al- clerk at Albertsons. Albertsons. People were always telling me that they saw me somewhere in town that I, when I wasn't even there. One day, when I got out of class at the end of school, I had to go straight to work. I wouldn't get home until just after nine. So I walked in just after nine and said hi, people, to my mom and my sisters. And they all looked at me confused. My mom asked me where I was coming from. I said I had been at work. My mom and my older sister both said, no, you haven't. You came in, that, you came in hours earlier and said hi, people, and went upstairs. I said, no, I didn't. I hadn't been home since I left at seven this morning. So we all four went upstairs to my room to see who came home. My door was closed. I usually leave it open. The light was on and the TV was on. Opened the door, no one was there. But wait, it gets weirder. In high school, we had a secondary school called the Ski Center. Oh, nope, not the Ski Center. The Skill Center. Like the Ski Center? Like what? What kind of school is this? We have a secondary school called the Swimming Room and a thirdary school called (laughs) the Chess Hall. (laughs) Secondary, thirdary, fourthary. Very. It was a place that had a collection of vocational classes you could take. Skiing. Skiing being one of them. For instance, I took TV broadcasting, web design, and forestry. They took forestry. That sounds like fun. One day, I yeah, was waiting. Yeah, you wasn't fine, kitty cow. I would love it. One day, I was waiting for the bus to leave. I was about to say the ski, ski center again. The skill center. After my broadcasting class, and a teacher I never met ran up to me and said, Zoosh. Sorry. <laughs> That's said, not what they said. Zoosh. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I should read the name or not. How do you say it? How do you spell it? Z-U-S-H-I-B-A. Z-U-S-H-I-B-A. And a teacher I never met ran up to me and said, Zushiba, oh, you need to come back to class. I had never been in her class, but apparently I had been missing for the last few seasons. I tried to explain I wasn't in her class, but she didn't seem to know who I was. But she did seem to know who I was. So she took me to the office, thinking I was ditching. We go into, we go into the office, and I tell the clerk my name, and she looks me up. Sure enough, there I am in broadcasting, just like I said. 
but there I am under my stepdad's last name in her class. I went by both names. It was a bit confusing, but both names were relatively unique. So it's not like there would have been a random person that just looks like me in her class. It's just extremely unlikely. I had been in her class for the entire semester until I mysteriously stopped showing up. I had turned in work and everything, even had my goddamn signature on it. One day, this doppelganger simply stopped showing up. No one ever saw him again. I'm wondering, I just don't know. I don't understand that one. I don't know if we brought that story up before or if I read that one before, but I know that one and I hate it because that's literally my nightmare. Like, not the doppelganger one, but the missing a class for like a whole semester. Oh, What's your subject that you miss it on? Math. Mine's history. Oh, mine is math every damn time. I'm like, I'm like, where? I'm like, in my dream, I'm walking to like, it's always a portable. So when there's like feel, I'm like, I guess I don't know where I'm going. And I'm like, somehow I'm passing this class. <laughs> I've been in this class at all. There's this huge like midterm. And I'm like, what's it on? Can someone tell me anything? <laughs> I'm like, is she going to like yell at me when I get there? Like, who are you? I'm like, I don't know who I am. But it's literally a crime nightmare. Mine is exactly the same. Mine is like, exactly well, the same. And sometimes I'm like, well, you know what? I haven't been here in ages. I'm just going to skip again. I'm like, I'll just half-ass it, honestly, which means, which like tracks for both of us. Being like, yeah, fake until you make it. And I never, ever skipped. Never skipped. But I feel like, I feel like the avoidant aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we never skipped. We never skipped because you want to know why? Because our mom and dad would give us mental health days. We wanted it. Did they? Our mom did for me all the time. Oh no, I don't think I ever. I think you did. You get them. You got. You got them too. Like I can't go to school today. I was like, okay. Oh no, I don't remember ever having that. Yeah, you did too. Don't worry, I remember for you. Thank you. No, but that that one was creepy because like it's funny. I was just listening to an episode of, and that's why we drink, and they were talking about doppelgangers today, which I know we covered up before in a previous episode of our own, but they're bringing up something else about there is like a type of doppelganger in lore overseas i forgot which culture it is or what like country it is mm-hmm. but basically like they, they just they just kind of do everyday things that mm. you're doing and it's like why would you want to go to school to math class. class with it math class it's like you want to do it fine go ahead you do you be um, my guest you. yeah but okay here is my last one my house is pretty old and me and my siblings would always see some creepy things so i'm gonna just list out a couple my siblings and i were all sharing some weird experiences they had and it turned out all of them had seen the same figure at some point a moderately tall silhouette of a man wearing a fedora one of my brothers let's call him j2 had seen the figure walk into his room one night, tip his hat to him, and then leave. Two of my other siblings had seen him crouching in the hallway at the foot of their sleeping bags. They had been sleeping in the living room in front of the hall while I had seen him crouching in the corner of the room. And they had told a friend about the fedora hat guy. And she said that they had seen, I'm sorry, and they said 
they had seen him in a couple of dreams. I'm not sure where he came from, but Fedora had guy seems like a really nice dude. Does he? That's Does really he scary. Did you invite him? Like crouching, Megan? No. If I saw anything the night that I was losing my mind and saying, are you still reading, by the way? Oh, yeah, I have more. But you got, you got, go ahead. Okay. The night that I was losing my mind and like talking in my sleep, one of the times I woke up, I looked over to my left and I saw like a figure standing there and I was so freaked out. I was just like, oh my God, please don't let anybody be there. Don't let them see me. Don't let them see me see them. But then I realized it was a giant picture. But so scary. When when you forced me against my young, impressionable mind, against my will to go see House of Wax in the Dollar Theater, it traumatized me. And I remember coming home and I had a wrought iron, like carved foot, like foot breast of my bed. And through it, I could see from the back of the door there was something hanging over the door and my brain was like it's that man with the long greasy hair he's just standing there staring at me i scared myself so much i got violently ill if i remember i feel so bad about that so yeah no i could see that 100 i'm like if i saw and this reminded me of a topic i want to cover which is with sleep paralysis there's a hat guy there's a hat man yes i wanted to bring that up too it's like it's a real big thing lately yeah the, the Wesley paralysis, there's a hat man. And it also reminds me, uh, Abby just heard me and said, fear, <laughs> full body fear. And it also reminds me of the haunting of Hill House. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I said, he doesn't seem like a nice dude. Anyway, on to the list. That's number one. Number two, as a small child, I would have trouble sleeping. I still do. I would hear things at night a lot. One night, however, I had... I was sitting in bed. My room was pitch black, except for a stream of light through the crack in the door. I looked at it for a bit, my thoughts wandering. Then I saw a huge figure slowly peek through the door. It wasn't humanoid. It was just a large black mass with scribbled eyes. I froze, and once it was gone, I scrambled into my sister's bed crying. That's a little bit sad. Recently. Oh, I do have one more too. Sorry. Recently, I've been seeing silhouettes of people running down the halls <gasps> or crawling around. Oh, God, no. Goodbye. It's pretty Goodbye. frequent. It's pretty frequent. So I ignore them. But yeah. Oh, there's another time a couple of years ago when I was trying to sleep, all my limbs safely tucked into my blanket in the very center of my bed. And then I felt a hand from below shoot up and grab my leg through the mattress. I don't like that at all. I panicked and decided maybe they're mad for being under the bed. And I told them to stop scaring me. And I and I told them if they stopped scaring me, I'd let them on the bed. What? I had no clue who or what I was talking to, but I slept an empty gap next to me for a while for them boundaries ma'am or sir you do not invite anything you do not invite anything no that is crawling no god no i don't by the way walking around crawling crawling 
I don't like the grabbing of the foot either. That is something that I still have that like is a fear a nightmare. of. I saw a TikTok. I think our cousin sent us that it was like trying to sleep. And it's like, if you have the blankets too low, you're freezing. Too high, you're burning up. If you put your leg out, it's like Annabelle doll. You're like, well, I guess we'll put leg back in. Yes. But like back to the kids I watched, they've been doing this like freeze dance thing with me. And it's like crawl like a cat. I watch them crawl. I'm like, wow, crawling is really kind of like when you're when you're above a certain age, it's adorable when they're doing it. But like, imagine some grown mass thing crawling towards you. No, 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 thank you. Mm-mm. My first year of university, a girl I lived. Oops. What? Bye. Sorry. So, by the way, your screen keeps like tilting like back and forth. And if I'm reading on the corner of my eye, I'm tearing and I'll look over and see someone sitting behind you. That's all. Continue on. Ooh, I'm scared, too. I, no. <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep you looking towards a wall. <laughs> Hold on. I get to where I was. I dropped the phone. My first year of university, a girl I lived with. Damn it. Hold on. Damn it. Oh my God, Nana. He looked like Abuela for a second and it really fucking scared me. Oh my gosh, Megan. So I was thinking about dad today and then two, I guess, because I, I said someone who died recently, I said their name wrong. And I, and I was like, haha, don't forget them. And I was like, I thought of dad. And then immediately the next song that played on my shuffle was a Mark Anthony song that you always say reminds me of your dad. Oh then Abby ran inside to get something. And I was like, oh, that's really, really fun that it happened. And then the Godfather Waltz came on. No. Mm-hmm. So sorry. I'm channeling Abuela and Daddyo. Yeah, you really are. My first year of university, a girl I lived with had her friend over one night. He'd been shooting footage on London Bridge at 3 a.m. to get some shots of it abandoned that night. He was really riled up about something and insisted we watch it with the audio all the way up and listen closely. Around the one-minute mark, I heard a low, deeply menacing voice whisper slowly, as you walk the devil's path, then something unintelligible, then death. It felt so final and evil. He turned to us and said, did you hear that? I said I'd heard a voice. What did it say? I told him what I'd heard. His face went white. You heard the exact same thing as me. You're not the first. My, my housemate said that she'd heard the same thing as well. He hadn't heard the voice when he was on the bridge, only when he was working on the audio. But he'd shown it to the other people, two other people, who had heard the same thing. I don't really have any other paranormal encounters, so this one might not stand out. But I'm generally, but I'm generally wary of paranormal shit. And this still scared me. This was some sort of presence on the bridge at night. It wanted to make itself known. I don't ever want to know what it was. Oh, don't worry. Ask the girl from her haunted house. So she'll make room for it in her bed next to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I mean, like, London has so many, like, haunting things and, like, so much restored history. So I wonder if it's something along the history of London Bridge, you know. That's crazy that you caught it on audio. Because, like, there's... I'm I just, sorry. I just heard you channeling Fergie. Not the Duchess, either. But there's so many things with, like, audio things when you think of, like, EVPs and things like that that catch what we don't see. So I went, that's interesting that I caught that. Yeah. Okay, everyone. 
I'm taking you out with the last one. Back when I was really young, I was in my grandparents' house with the rest of my family. I wanted to go play in the garden, but I had to ask if I could. So I went to the quote-unquote cave, which is a cellar or basement if you prefer, to tell my grandpa because he was watching some old TV on a really old black and white TV down there. So I asked him, and he turned around and said, yeah, no problem. But his eyes were red as fuck. Like, I couldn't distinguish between his people from the rest of his eye. It was all plain red. I thought it was weird, but it didn't bother me much because I was a child. Then I went to the kitchen to tell my parents that I was going to play in the garden. And when I saw, literally petrified me. In the kitchen, there was my parents, my grandmother, and my grandfather. I literally bugged. I rushed back to the cave and found, what, him? He was still there. And then when I went to the kitchen and asked them about Grandpa, they told me he never left the kitchen. They weren't joking. Also, he couldn't have left the cave and got there as I left it and went immediately back. He couldn't have arrived there before me. And it's literally impossible for him to go to the kitchen without me seeing him. So I went one back, I went back one last time, and this time, nothing. He disappeared. To this day, I'm, stu- I'm still clueless as to what the freak that was. Oh, that is so creepy. Red eyes. My nightmare. And now yeah. it's midnight, and we have to go to bed. And I am terrified. Everyone, this was such a fun campfire episode. I enjoyed it. I think it's a nice highlight to end our campfire episode of the seasons with. Um, I agree. It was great. Thank you, Megan, for choosing this great topic. We had a lot of different areas of scary that we dealt with, and I liked that. Me too. I also like when you rate and review our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, we appreciate it very much. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod, and you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or stories of your own so we can put something together for season two for you at our email, which is scary sisters pod at gmail.com. And once again, next week is our season finale of season one, episode 30. I can't believe it's coming to an end. Don't worry, it's a very short end. Don't worry. But still, I'm very excited to see what next week holds for us. But until then, stay safe and stay spooky. Megan. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.